sports fans and welcome to the pittsburgh sports desk we have a very distinguished guest on on the show with us tonight uh former first round pick georgia bulldog pittsburgh Steeler, mr tim worley thanks for joining us sir all right guys thank you for inviting me this evening so um, i know we were talking a little bit before we went on air here you know i always said you know, I have the card right here, but I'm a, I'm a big card collector. And I always said this was one of my favorite cards, football cards of all time. Uh, you know, the, you know, defined Steeler football, the, the you know, the, the decal coming off the helmet. And uh, I was always, you know, when people ask me, how do you define Steeler football? I always said, just look at this cards. That's what you, that's how you define that's it. it. That's so, it. But uh, pleasure to have you, sir. Um I remember watching you. I mean, it was, uh, you know, I remember those days, uh, you know, my dad was a huge Steelers fan. He always says, hey, I still picking splinters out of my butt from uh, Pitt Stadium. I mean, he used to go to Pitt Stadium back in the day. So, but uh, um, I guess to start off, uh, I know you grew up in uh, Lumberton, North Carolina, but uh, tell us a little bit about your, your family background. I mean, when did you start playing football? So. Okay. Um, yeah, I grew up in Lumberton, North Carolina, small town, uh, population to this day, still 18, 19, maybe 21, 20,000 people. And, um, you know, North Carolina was a tobacco state and, um, we, we cropped a lot of tobacco. I, I pretty much as a kid ran around barefoot a lot, you know, and, uh, my grandmother, uh, she raised hogs and chickens and, all kinds of stuff. So I, I wow. you know, I got a lot of that country in me, that, awesome. that country strong, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you oh, know, yeah. one of the things that we had and that we love and that we cherished back then was sports. And uh, that was every sport, football, baseball, basketball, track and field. Um, and then they started soccer a little bit later as I got older, but I played it all. I did it all. And uh, uh, actually guys, <laughs> Football wasn't my best sport. Track and field and baseball was. I know. Uh, oh, wow. I, I heard about that. What was it? You won the state title in a 100-meter and 200-meter dash, correct? Yes. Yes. One yeah. state title. Um, I was always a, uh, a big, strong, fast guy yeah. and uh, won the, uh, the uh, TAC. I don't know if you guys remember that. Before AAU came along, it was always TAC, TAC Junior Olympics. Won yep. the Junior Olympic National Championship in the 100 meters. And uh, also, we set a world record in the 4 by 100 And wow. uh, we were the first high school kids to break uh, 40 seconds in the 4 by 100 and Wow. It, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but you had a 10.3 and 100-meter dash, right? That was my quickest time. Yeah, wow. I had a 10, 10.35, 10.33, something like that. Accu yeah. track. You know, they used to, they used to uh, hand time, it was a 10.27. Accu track was a 10.35, yes. Okay. Wow. And I, I'm pretty like, sure me and Billy would need a calendar for that distance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we definitely would. No, you just need yeah. a sundial. That's all. Just a sundial. Yeah. <laughs> or that too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, it, what, and you were 200 meter. What was your, like, 
28, 20.85, I think. Yeah, 20, 20, yeah. I think, I think my best was about like a 20.89. I was a consistent, wow. uh, 21 flat. Um, but my best, yeah, was a 20.89. Um, uh, that was my better race. I was strong in the 200. The 100 was kind of like the 40, it ended real quick, and I didn't get start. I mean, I didn't hit overdrive until about 60 yards. You know what I mean? I was still pulled. Yeah. Um, so the 200 was my better race. Yeah. So when did when did you uh, when did you first start playing football? Were you like Pop Warner or? Actually, guys, I'm gonna tell you, we I grew up in such a competitive family and neighborhood. Everybody played ball. Yeah. And um, we had you had to be like in the fifth grade at age, I think age 10, at least to play tackle football. Okay. And uh, I snuck into tackle football when I was in the fourth grade because I wanted the uniform and I wanted to bust people in the mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, so, so I actually snuck in and guys, I was always, you know, you have that weight limit. You can't be over yeah. 105 to run the ball. So I was always kind of a little bit over the weight. So you would not believe the positions that I played in Little League. I played center and linebacker, man. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that's crazy. Unbelievable. Linebacker makes sense, though. That really does make sense. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love the linebacker position. Loved it. Yeah. So that was, Tim, that was back in fourth grade. So that means you had, what, 24, 25 years of, like, athletics, football, different coaches and whatnot? Yep. Yep. I got Any a chance coaches? to play. Yeah, I got a chance to play uh, uh, all four sports. I was a uh, three-sport letterman in high school because I ended up giving up baseball. And uh, you guys, we, we're gonna we're gonna get into this. You're not gonna believe some of the stuff. Um, I ended up giving up baseball because track and field took over. Yep. And so by the time my sophomore year in high school, I just gave up baseball and concentrated it on track, football, and basketball. Yeah. And um, um, now, here's something you guys might not know. I believe that I was destined to have something in the state of Pennsylvania and the city of Pittsburgh because when I was 16 years old, Pittsburgh Pirate Scout came and worked me out. Really? No kidding. Yes, he did. Wow. Yes, he did. I had a coach of mine. To this day, he's still pissed off at me because I gave up. And you, you're talking about 40-something years ago. He's still yeah. angry at me for giving up baseball. But the coach came and worked me out. He was a scout, you know, their farm league, however that stuff went. And uh, I was concentrating on track then. And so he just wanted me to work out. So naturally, at 16 years old, guys, I was throwing 92 miles an hour. <laughs> Good Lord. 92 miles an hour. And I batted left-handed. Oh, oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's wow, wow. See, it's it's hard for me to find golf clubs too, you know, because I'm right-handed, but I hit left. Yeah, yeah, that's wow. unbelievable. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of hockey players that do that, believe it or not, that are right-handed that shoot left-handed. I, I was yeah. unaware of that until I went to the youth leagues and started watching them, and they do that a lot. Yep. Yeah, that's common. Yeah. So yeah. That's so speaking of hockey, man, you know, you know, my guys uh, back in the day when I was there. One of my favorite guys was Kevin Stevens, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Kevin. Oh, yeah. Ke Listen, oh, Kevin and I used to drink beers in Chauncey's, man. Really? <laughs> no kidding. Oh, Chauncey's wow. grill. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's oh, funny. Yeah. It's How funny. about coaches? Any coaches stood out to you that over the years that just had some kind of impact on you or, or just even oh. propped you along? 
Of course, man. I had uh, I had the pleasure and the honor to play for some of the greatest coaches I think that ever graced the planet. Um, I played for um, Vince Dooley. You know, he was legend, legendary. Um, I played for Chuck Noll, le legendary. Yeah. I played for Bill Cower, same legendary wow. status. I played for uh, Dave Weinstead in Chicago. You know, so I had yeah. both the Rooney and the McCaskey family, two of the oldest football families in the NFL. But here's here's the kicker. I my high school coach, football coach was a guy named Bob Hanna and he played defensive back at, at Carolina UNC back in the day. But his assistant was a guy named coach Ruffin McNeil. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. Oh, yeah. He right now coaches at NC State, mm -hmm. but he took over. He coached at Oklahoma. He coached at uh, I want to say Texas Tech when they lost the coach. He took it stood in as the head coach. He was my basketball coach. He was my track coach, and he was also my defensive back field coach in football. Wow! And just a, just a super duper guy. He had an opportunity. He played for Pat Dye when Pat Dye coached East Carolina awesome. back in the seventies. Wow. Nice. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So, so now so, you're, you're growing up. You're growing up in Lumberton. I know Lumberton because it has an outlet mall. And we used to drive down 95 all the time, and we'd stop at Lumberton, North Carolina, because they, they would sell, like, towels by the pound or something on the side of the road. So going back and forth to Myrtle Beach from D.C., I, I know Lumberton really well. So you're growing up as a kid there. There's no pro football team there. Were you a Washington fan, or were you <laughs> yeah, a North Carolina hey, listen, cats Washington fans? Listen, in the neighborhood, okay, in the neighborhood, it's, this, I had a hardcore neighborhood, man. You had to know how to fight. You had to know how to do everything, right? And uh, – so we had four teams that we pulled from, all right? You were either a Steeler fan, a Cowboy fan, Cowboy, I was gonna say, Cowboy. Okay? Yep. a Washington Redskins fan, or original Baltimore Colts fan. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, wow. Yeah. And nobody nobody really wanted to touch the Falcons at the time. I don't know why. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yours truly, when I was in the third, fourth grade, man, my mother bought me a Pittsburgh Steeler jacket. No way. And that was awesome. that was right around the time when you kept seeing the commercial with Mean Joe Green and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So the Steelers became my favorite team. That's awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. We yeah. got our we got one of our buddies chiming in, Mac. Vince Dooley, go dogs. Yep. Okay. What's up, Mac? Yeah. And you know, he well he won uh 1980, right? They won the national champion. He won the yeah, national yeah. championship 1980. Uh, matter of fact, my last year there, which was my Richard Jr. year in 1988, that's when he, he retired. retired. Yeah. And he yeah. was AD for a while, though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was AD for a while, uh, yeah. for a lot of years. And of course, you guys know he passed away last year. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, he was just a, a dynamic guy. He, um, I never met Bear Bryant, never, I always wanted to. You heard so much about him. But um, he was kind of what you would call the Bear Bryant of the Georgia Bulldogs. He just, he just, uh, he taught you how to be a man. It, it wasn't just about the sport. Right. He taught you how to be yeah. a man. He always had something encouraging to say before a game. Right. You know, great philosopher. Wow. Um, and uh, I miss him. I miss him truly. Yeah. Well, wow. fun fact about him, I, I believe he was uh, he was in World War II. I think he was in the Marine Corps, if I, if I remember. Yeah, he was a Marine. He sure yeah. was. Yeah. He sure wow. was. And he was an that. Auburn Tiger graduate. Yeah. Coach Dooley, man, he was, uh, he was a heck of an athlete. He played, he played quarterback, defensive back. He played basketball at Auburn, you know. 
Wow. Go figure. I heard basketball was his first love. Like that was he went he, you know, he was uh that was like, you know, he, he liked basketball more than he liked yeah. football. I I I had read that at well, he, he had to play point guard because he's a little guy. You know, I, I, I literally towered over him, man. Yeah. So. That's wild. So when you were in high school, I mean, I, you were a high school football All-American, um, you know, a track star, sprinter. Um, you, you, I, I take it you played tailback in high school, correct? Or did you – was there any yeah, other – Yeah, I played – high school, I played every position. Okay. I played um, – I played uh, – Tailback was my main position. Now, guys, believe it or not, I was a better defensive player than I was offense. <laughs> I was, really? I, I was, I was a DB, uh, strong safety slash outside linebacker uh, when I played because I played both ways. I never came off the field yeah. and um, play linebacker, DB, play quarterback, play running back, punt it, kick, kick return, punt return, and at halftime, I went in, put on my drums, came out and played in the band. Oh, that's wow. awesome. no way. You, 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 man, you want to talk about a man of many talents. Wow. Jeez. Man. Yo, no wow. wonder no wonder Georgia tried to pick him up, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, as talented as that is, geez. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. That's, but yeah, man. Incredible. But, Go ahead, Trace. So at Georgia then, what what's your most memorable moment from even just being there, playing or even at school in, in your okay. time while you were there? Well, I, I think I think just the uh, and I'm and I'm gonna break it down like this, guys. My most memorable moment is probably, uh, and I hope you catch it when I'm saying it. But it's probably every day that I spent there, because there was a mystery to the next level. There was a time, guys, when there was a mystery from junior high to high school for sports, from high school to college sports, because there was a respect and an honor, mm -hmm. you know. And, and see, but see, everybody know, everybody get a chance to just see everything now. So the mystery is gone. So the mystery to the next level was always a mystery. So you wondered. And people always ask me, they say, man, what was the hardest hit you ever got? What was the hardest transition? They think it was from college to pros. No, college to pros wasn't hard at all as far as the physicality. Now from high school to college, in the SEC, that was a challenge for me because those guys were fast and they were headhunters. You know, I dominated in high school, you know. But once you get once you get to once you get to the college as a freshman, you're starting back over at the bottom. Yep. Okay. And you got guys out there with full scholarship that will knock your head off. Okay. <laughs> They're standing there too. I mean, big strong guys. So, so. But if I was if I was to pull out and just say any memory that stood out to me would have to be probably um, the 88 season, my last year there, my, my redshirt junior year, because, number one, it was a comeback year for me. Um, I missed almost two full years of football. And, guys, really, I only played two years of college football. Yeah. Wow. You had the, the uh, ACL injury. And what was that, yeah, 80, 87, right? Uh, actually, eighty six. I blew my I blew my knee out. I blew. Uh, it wasn't my ACL. Oh. It was my. Um, it was everything on the inside, interior cruciate, medial, medial collateral. Everything ripped the pieces on the inside, and uh, that was during the fourth game of the eighty six season, my sophomore year against Ole Miss. And um, after that, 
Um, I didn't play football for two years. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, back then it was totally different. I mean, nowadays, you know, we got people coming back, you know, in mm -hmm. surgery. So well, in the yeah. 80s, were they scoping it or were we still doing zippers at that time? I think now, they were doing zippers, he, he, Here's the miracle. I was, uh, I tore my knee bad enough to get a zipper, right? Ooh. But the doctor was able to go in there and scope it and repair it, uh, repair everything without cutting me. And nice. so that was a miracle. But it took me a full year and probably five, maybe five, maybe six months to fully recover from that thing. And I, and I bust my butt to, 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 to get it back whole. And, and uh, I didn't lose any speed, guys. I didn't wow. lose any speed. We saw that. It's yeah. a combine even. Yeah. Yeah. We knew yeah. that, yeah. What, what was your 40 time at the combine? Um, you know what? We, we were, I didn't go to the combine, guys. I didn't go. We we back then. Uh, me and uh, me and Barry Sanders and my teammate at Georgia, Keith Henderson. We were the only three redshirt juniors that came out in the '89 draft. Okay, and so we wasn't allowed to go to the combine. So all 28 teams, they came to Athens one day and worked me out. And all they wanted me to do was run the 40 and do the vertical, right? And so I ran the 40 twice. First time I ran it, I ran a. Uh, I think around a four three eight. I was two thirty, two thirty two, six two and a half, two thirty two. Around a four three eight. And a four three eight. And the second time around a four three five. Wow. And um That's um. Real. And then um, the vertical. They wanted me to do the vertical. I think my vertical was like thirty eight, maybe thirty seven and a half, or something like that. Good lord. And um um, then they said, "Well, you don't have to lift. We already know you're strong." I said, "Nah." <laughs> Let me go ahead and do it. You guys came. I want you to see what I can do, right? Yeah. And so, you know, we take show. 225, press it. I pressed it 28 times. Oh, my God. You know what that's called? That's called country strong. Yeah, yeah that's that old right? man street. That's what I tell my son. My, my son's 6'5", yeah. about 230. I said, boy, you know I got an old man street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, so talking about your days in Georgia, you lit it up in your you, you know your final year there, over 1,200 yards. And you were talking about the transition from different levels. Obviously, from high school to the SEC has to be a, a quantum leap, you know, because the conference actually stands for speed eliminates competition because they are just fast cats all over the SEC. But when you get to the NFL, did you notice that it sped up? And then, again, in the playoffs, did you know? Because they always talk about, you know, the regular season, and then you have the playoffs, that it gets even faster. What did you notice with all that? Um, I noticed uh, – now, when I say it, was, it really wasn't uh, uh, a drop-off at all. I, actually, it was uh, – the NFL, to me, when I, when I left college and went to the NFL, it was more of a mental – preparation that you had to be a stickler for because number one um i always said to myself everybody you know these guys are here so they must be good and you know you find out real quick okay these guys are good but a lot of these guys study a lot of film they study your weaknesses they know yeah. what you're doing and so they're there all the time and then you got you got you got linebackers that can run right with you just as fast as you you know what I mean? Wow. You got. I got yeah. to that point, guys, where like like I dominated in high school, and I got to that point where I began to, you know, feel feel myself out, and you know, became a better running back, better blocker, knew how to use my speed. Where I dominated, like in my last year at Georgia, I could just, I just, when I went on the field, I said, I'm gonna dominate, I'm gonna knock out whoever runs into me, right? And yeah. then when you go to the NFL, 
You know what I mean? You have to make those adjustments because everybody's good. And if you don't study film and watch these, if you don't watch out for guys like Lawrence Taylor and Mike Singletary and, and, and Byron Evans from Philadelphia and all those, yep. those guys will knock your yeah. head off, yeah. you know? So, um, that was, it, it was more mental, the mental, uh, adjustment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, it's, it's, so what about the playoffs? You think it sped up in the playoffs at all? Well, I think the playoffs sped up because we got that, you know, we got them bonuses every playoff game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we got, you know, but you would always hear, guys, you would always hear, yeah, man, they gonna, it's going to pick up. But them guys know that they're getting that extra twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Of course, they're going to go out there and pick it up a little bit. But, yeah, man, I literally watch when we uh, – my rookie year, and, and, of course, you guys know how that year started out. It was horrible. I wanted to roll up and die. But uh, wow. we ended up going to the playoffs, man. And, and yeah. you know, we were so pumped going into the Astrodome that day, that Sunday. And, you know, we beat them. We beat them. Yeah. And then we came off of that win, guys. And we were so we pumped Denver, up. Right? You know, yeah, because that, that, that yeah. listen, listen, we were wild card, right? And I tell you guys, that, that first wild card, that was an extra $20,000. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Okay. And then, and then the next one, you got 10 more thousand with that or 20 more. I don't know. And so we went into Denver. We were hyped up. And I don't know if you guys remember that game. Oh, Man, yes. oh, yeah. we kicked yeah. their butts up yeah. and down the field. Yep. Yeah. Until the, until, the, until a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That was, and that's when, that's when Elway took over. I mean, it, yeah. it's hard to go against a legend like that. Yep. I mean, the guy can, you know, rip the ball. I mean, it's unbelievable. That was, the, was, but yeah, I remember that game. That was Merrill Hodge, yeah, Jimmy Brister, yeah, yeah. Merrill had Merrill had one of the. He had a big day that day. Merrill, yeah. he was unstoppable. Well, I I remember they that was an NFL and they had this the the Broncos couple of the Broncos were mic'd up if you could believe that. And I remember one of them. I forget who it was, but he was like, "We got to do something." Dennis about Smith. That. Yeah, he said, "We got to do something about yeah. that Hogue man." He's like, "Yeah, He's killing us." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merle, Merle, man, Merle was strong as a bull. You know, Merle was never that fast, you know, no more than a four, four, seven, maybe. But he had some of the strongest legs and his balance was great. Yeah. Well, I think he, he was a country boy, if I remember. Wasn't he oh, from yeah. like yeah. Idaho or something? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, yeah. yeah. Idaho or something. Yeah. Like yeah. Merle D. Wayne Hodge, tailback yeah. out of Idaho, <laughs> Idaho State. So, so when you first got the NFL with a, and the training camps were so much longer, right? And yep. you were hitting every day, and and didn't you? Ha you ha that's when you had the joint practices with the Redskins. You either go to Latrobe or you go to Dickinson College. Well, we was uh, yeah, we yeah. were in Latrobe. We went to a little place uh, away from the Latrobe College, and uh, you guys remember, I didn't. I I was my rookie year. I was uh, four or five days in training camp, because you know I, I missed all the training camp. Yeah. And, oh, did uh, you really? And and night and night in nineteen eighty nine with the Steelers. When I finally signed my contract, August August the nineteenth, I pretty much missed all the training camp. Smart man, <laughs> and you know, and, and, but see, back then you had to negotiate, and it took a while to negotiate. These guys get it done in a week yeah. now, as soon as they sign. But back but then, was favor, though, didn't it? Didn't huh? you signed one of the biggest uh, uh, rookie deals or rookie uh, signing bonuses ever? Something right? Well, With that? the thing, the word was and is, is that I'm the first rookie. To get a million dollar signing bonus. Yeah. yeah. Do you awesome. know, hey guys, listen, do you know 
How, did you realize how those guys was looking at me when I showed up to camp? <laughs> they were looking at me like I was a fried pork chop, man. I'm serious. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Some daggers coming your way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. That's awesome. And, and when you got there with Noel, what did he say? Anything to um, Chuck Noel just, uh, he said, welcome. Uh, and uh, I remember my first preseason game was, uh, I think we had maybe one, maybe two preseason games left. We played against Philadelphia. And uh, standing across the line was Reggie White. Oh, and I'm like, okay. The, the minister of defense. Yeah, man, I'm sitting there and I'm looking, right? And wow. and, and, and I'm looking up and he just get taller and taller. I'm like, good <laughs> Lord. I'm saying this to myself. And I'm saying, good Lord. And, uh, you know, we were on a commercial break on TV or whatever. And I said, how you doing, Mr. White? He said, how you doing, Worley? I heard you just got to camp. <laughs> He said, welcome to the NFL. You know, big old dude, man. And Chuck Noel believed. He said, I remember, you know, there was a couple of series. And he told me, he said, look, we're going to put you in there in a, in, on a certain series, right? And I'm standing there, man. He said, all right, go in and make mistakes. He said, it's the only way you're going to learn, you know. And so I was I was in physical condition. I always kept myself in physical condition. But there's a difference in physical condition and game shape. Timing, oh, yeah. you know, so I had to go in there and make mistakes, man. Yeah. So I, I've, I've watched tons of sports documentaries and I watched, you know, being a Redskin fan, I watched a lot of Daryl Green and he made a statement in one of the documentaries that he felt like God allowed him to be born to run. Did you feel like that with your speed? Were you born to be able to run and do all that? I, I felt like I was uh, born to run because I was always fast. And uh, guys, my whole family, listen, listen, let me tell you guys this. <laughs> my family, all of us, we were all athletes, but I had one brother that he didn't play sports. Now, when I would, when I, when, when I had what they call considered world-class speed, when I was in high school, I was, I was a consistent four, two, three, four, two, five in the 40. Okay. When I, when I, when I had that kind of speed, my brother that didn't play one of my older brothers, he could beat me by two steps. Stop. Really? I am not kidding guys. Wow. And to this day, he can still outrun me. Wow. <laughs> and he's three years older than me. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> no, he had no desire to play at all? Huh? He had no desire to play sports? No, he didn't. He wanted to play ball. And, uh, you know, all my brothers, man, they, we were all the, we were all, my little brother, you know, I have two brothers that passed away, but my little brother, he was high school. He was a 4-3 guy. My oldest brother, he was a 4-4 guy. Um wow. And uh, we were just all, my dad was fast. My dad was, uh, my dad, he was a nine, six hundred yard dash back in the day. Wow. Are you kidding me? No. Wow. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. That's booking. That's, yeah, it's world yeah. class right there. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's yeah, absolutely world class. So that's unbelievable. Go ahead, so, Billy. One family. <laughs> so I know, yeah. you know you had a lot of teammates. I know you, you you know, spent the bulk of your uh, pro career with the Steelers. I know you came in with Carnell Lake. He was a rookie as well in 89. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. what was it like? I mean, I, you know, Dirk Dawson, Rod Woodson, Greg Lloyd, Mar what was it? I mean, I I'm sure you developed a lot of great relationships and, and probably you still keep up with a lot of those guys, but what was it like playing with, the, with those guys? Man, it was awesome. I'm, I, I'll tell you guys, there were no better teammates than guys like Merle Haas. Merle Haas is probably one of my favorite teammates. 
yeah. Merle Hodge, Greg Lloyd, uh, uh, Carnell Lakes, Damani Dawson, David Little, all those guys. They were Bubby Brister. Those guys were so cool, man. And uh, you know, once you once once I established myself and proved myself, and you know, you can you can feel when that happens. The guys, you know, that respect, you can see and feel that respect. And uh, um, guys, I, I was actually the comedian on the team. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, man. And so once you once and, and, you know, I'm that type of guy, I respect and honor, especially the guys that's been there and the guys that's that, that you know, that's done it. You know, guys like Rod Woodson, Greg Lloyd. Hunch Ilk and Craig Wolfley, those yeah. guys, you know, you can feel the respect coming from them. And so that strengthened me and it encouraged me to want to, you know, stay focused and do the right thing, you know. But uh, when you when you got, you know, good job from from man, good job, Worley, from a guy like Greg Lord or a guy like Rod Woodson and even mean Joe Green grab you and say, man, good job. You know what I mean? Well, you 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 you'll jump to the moon, man. Yep. Yeah, cloud nine. Now you being well, you a, in the NFL. Go ahead, Billy. No, I was just gonna say, you being a Steelers fan. I mean, you saw this '70s Steelers. I mean, I'm sure you were a huge fan of Franco and Joe and all. I mean, I was that was you know. So, but uh, yeah, good. Um, got a chance to meet all those guys, Rocky, uh, Franco, Joe Green, Joe Green, and the last time I saw him was uh. Uh, two years ago. I go to training camp every year, guys. I've been two years in a row now. Um, good friend of mine is, uh, I became kind of close to John Starworth. I used to live in Huntsville, Alabama, where he's from, where he lives at. He puts on a golf tournament every single year. I don't wow. know if he's doing it anymore. And I used to attend that. And so all the guys, he would bring all the guys in, even guys from other teams like Anthony Munoz and, and Ooh, different yeah. guys like, uh, um, uh, uh, from I can't think of the names right now, but he would bring guys from all over the league in, and we'll just celebrate. And here's one of the here's one of the most amazing things that I experienced um, at one of those tournaments. My last tournament, I think I played in. Um, we were all gathered together after the golf game at John Starworth's house, and we had just about all you know Lewis Lips. Everybody, Mel Blunt, everybody's there, all the Steelers, Greg Lloyd. And that's when they announced that Chuck Noll died. Oh, jeez. Oh, and we were all together, oh. man. Mm. So that's it was like, like it was like yeah. it was an honor. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so when you came in, you played for the, for, you know, for Chuck Noll and you played for him a couple of years. What was that transition like? He went from, you know, Chuck Noll at the end of his career to this guy who was like spitting, you know, energy out of his mouth, literally. You know, when you went, you know, the chin. So what was that transition like? People always ask me, what's the difference between Chuck Noll and Bill Cowher? Number one, I think they were both tremendous coaches. Great, knowledgeable, knew the game. They knew what they were talking about, so listen to them. But they were different, okay? Chuck Noll, on the other hand, he, he was basically, when you went to his office to talk to him, it was like going to the principal's office, Okay. <laughs> Bill Cower, it was like you guys going to have a five guys hamburger or something and, and chop it up a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and except, you know, 
Chuck, I didn't have to wear a glass shield. Bill, when he talked, I had to wear a glass shield because he spit all over. <laughs> so so you, you were talking about, you know, you, you, you signed one of the wealthiest contracts and the first million dollar bonus. What do you think of today's NFL and the attempt to sort of devalue the position of the running back? I mean, these guys are giving their heart and souls out and they're only getting those first contracts. And then they're just, you know, they just look to the draft and go get rookies again. What do you make of all that? Well, I think I think it has something to do has everything to do with uh, the way the game is played today. The game is spread out, and when you have the spread, you're going to run the ball. I mean, you're going to throw the ball. The running the running game is not key now. It's the passing game. It used to be, you know, when we had the 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 uh, the tight gaps and everything, we ran the ball. You established yeah. the run, and then when you see where that passing lane is open, you throw the ball. You know, third and long, throw the yeah. ball. But now you establish the pass and the run comes second. This is why they have eliminated the fullback position. It's not really needed. So what do you do? You take the tight end. Tight ends now are more like wide receivers, like wide outs, you know? So the yeah. game is getting changed more and more every day because the rules are changing. Number one, you know, and I and I do agree that we, we ought to protect the guys. Number one, you can't hit anybody anymore. Right. You know, I, I see a lot of broken tackles. I see a lot of mishits because guys are not wrapping up. And a lot of guys, they're just let the guy go on because they know they're going to get fined if they do clock the guy. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so, so, you know, you, I, I do believe in protecting the guys, everybody being protected. But, um, you know, that running back position now is just like running backs are just like wide receivers now, you know, yeah. and uh, very versatile. But, the passing game dominates. That's why you're seeing records broken now. Yeah. I mean, you have dynamic backs like Jameer Gibbs, Bijan Robinson, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley. They're all fantastic out of the backfield catching. Is it something the NFLPA could look at and sort of quantify or qualify what percentage they play as a wideout to boost the pay somehow? Because you can't completely eliminate the running back position. You just can't. You know, so yeah. the fact that they're – Devaluated. I think it's crazy. Well, well, and I you always hear them say when you go into the playoffs, you always hear, oh, well, the, the team that has a, a good running game is right. going to be the one. You know, you hear that all the time. It's like, okay, yeah. well, why are we devaluing the running back position? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you guys go back, if you can remember, uh, one of the theme uh, quotes that was always said, especially for the, 90, the 89 season when I was a rookie, they said, if we can get 100 yards out of Worley, we'll win the game. Yep. Okay. If yep. we can get a hundred yards out of the backfield, we'll win the game. And nine times out of ten, that was true. Right. That was true. Yeah. But at the same time, um, um, guys, we ran a trap offense. Okay. And this, let let, let me get on my complaining stage for a second. Okay? <laughs> okay. Now listen to this. Now I love the Steelers to life. You know, favorite team ever since I was ten years old. And I had a moment, uh, guys, and a lot of people don't know this. I asked Chuck Noll in the heat of a moment. I asked him, "Why did y'all draft me?" You know, because wow. and it was yeah. hey, and it was be, it was after that game with the card you got with the the decal on the helmet all messed up, oh, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and I asked, and and <laughs> you blocking too much, right, in that game? Yeah. Well, yeah. But but here's the thing, my style of running. If you looked at me at Georgia. You drop me eight yards deep, okay? Give me the ball. Get out of my way. I'm going to make it happen. Yep. I was a big guy, 6'2 and a half, 230, ran a 4'3 in the 40, and I was powerful, okay? 
But when you put me in a three-point stand in a veer offense and you run traps, that's slowing me down. And that's kind of taken away from me. You know what I mean? That's what I thought. You know, yeah. mean Joe Green even backed me up on that. You got yeah. Uh -oh. So I He's asked back. Chuck No, I was like, why in the heck did y'all draft me if all I'm gonna do is block? He said, Because you was a great blocker. That's why we drafted you, right? You ran almost exactly the same way as Adrian Peterson, because that's exactly what he liked too. He didn't want a fullback. He was yep. eight yards back, and they gave it's almost the exact same style now that I think about it of Adrian Peterson and about yep. the same size. I think you're faster than he was, but about yep. the same size. Yeah. I uh I um uh, I literally just sit down and talk with, with Coach Noel, man to man. Coach said, uh Coach Noel told me I personally drafted you because of your blocking skills. He said, I knew you no could way. run the ball, but he said your blocking skills were superb. And and so I didn't have, a, you know, after he told me that, I really didn't have a problem with it. So I just made the adjustments. And basically what it did, it challenged me to slow my vision down, to slow, slow it down in my mind and watch the traps develop. OK, now here's the other side of that. Guys, I was there from 89 to 93 to the middle of the season of 93. Now, you know, I missed 92 because of the suspension. Yep. OK. But do you guys know that I went through three different offensive coordinators in five years? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And and you know Tom uh, Tom Moore was he was great. Yep. Um. And then we had uh, Joe. Was it a uh, Joe? What was his name? Used to be the Jets coach. Joe oh, Walton. Uh, Joe, Joe Walton. Walton. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Joe Walton was the offensive coordinator. He had one of the hardest offenses. In the history of football, the playbook okay. was as thick as a Bible. Okay. <laughs> wow. And everybody had to know what everybody was doing. And it was so frustrating. I was like, man. And uh uh, and then after he moved on, Coach Coward came in, he brought in um, I forgot his name. Uh, um actually that's when Barry Foster took over during my suspension. Yeah. I forget his name, but uh they ran the ball. They put Barry seven, six, six, seven, eight yards deep and just gave him the ball. And wow. uh, that's what I was wanting. But I forfeited everything. So, yeah. yeah. Now, what are you doing nowadays? I mean, I know you, yeah. you started a, a firm. Talk to, talk to us about that. Okay. Not, well, I, uh, I did have a communications consultant firm, uh, me and my uh, ex-wife. We're no longer married and uh, we've been apart for uh, going on four years now, divorced. And so I had to bust that up and uh, just dismantle that. Um, basically, guys, what I do now, I'm in ministry. You guys wouldn't believe that. Yeah. I am in ministry. <laughs> I am a traveling evangelist. And you figure all the hell I raised for a lot of years that I can go around <laughs> and spread the gospel, the good news. You know what I mean? Hey. Oh, I yeah. listen to you every morning, all your devotion. I listen to you every morning. That's that's how I start my day. My man, God. my man. Glory yeah. to God. But here's the yeah. thing, guys. I get a chance to preach the gospel. Um, um, you know, he changed my life. My life has been changed tremendously by Jesus Christ. But I also get a chance to work with, with, with athletes, work with people, young people, uh, adults. I do a lot of uh, leadership training, things that I've learned over the years to help people to, to, you know, just discover who they are, 
You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's basically positive stuff every day because you know I I went I went through hell, guys. I put I put myself through hell by my choices. I walked through hell, and uh, I came through it. God brought me through it. So I'm gonna always reach back and help the next man or the next woman that's going through stuff too because I learned from it. And a lot of people that took the route that I took, they didn't survive it. I survived it and I'm here. And so I'm excited about life. I'm excited about helping people. And guys, I tell people every day, you know, I used to think some of the best times of my life is when I signed a multi-million dollar contract with my favorite NFL football team and became an NFL superstar. But now I look back, that wasn't it. It's today because the best thing that ever happened to me is me going through what I went through and coming out without smelling like smoke, looking, you know, uh, uh, becoming a better person. And so the best the best thing in my life that I can do today is to reach back and help somebody. And to me, I'm living now. It's not about a bunch of things, a bunch of money and all this stuff. We want to make money, but it's about helping people. When I died to Tim Worley and started helping other people, that's when I be, that's when I started living. Wow. What, what do you make of the, the new athlete? Is there a new athlete? Are these athletes different than your time as the reaching and, and preaching and doing all? Do you do you notice a difference through the generations? Well, I, I, I do. I, I mean, technology, you got to You got to talk about technology. Yeah. Technology makes yeah. things uh, a lot better. And I had a conversation with somebody uh, not too long ago. I was telling them if, if, if my track career was played out today between ages of 16 and 20 something today, do you guys realize I'll be a consistent nine, eight, nine something running, running the hundred yeah. meters yeah. because of the Absolutely. technology and the equipment yeah. and stuff that they have and the kind of training and the training. Okay. Yeah. But, but the athlete today is, is, um, um, it's like it's like super athletes, especially when you look at track and field, you look at the, the the workouts and the different techniques and everything that they use. But at the same time, guys, you know, we 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 laid the tracks. We did a lot of hard construction building and now you don't have to do those things no more. And I say that because when you go to practices in the NFL, ain't nobody hitting nobody. Right. You know, those like guys, I mean, Mike. Coach Tomlin, I, now I got to give it to Coach Tomlin. Both training camps that I went to in, two, in 2022 and 2023, those guys was banging. And, and I appreciate that. I loved it. But when you go to a lot of these other places, man, you know, teams and colleges, those, those guys are not hitting. And here's what really threw me off, guys. <laughs> you know, I, I go hang around at UGA every once in a while, watch the guys practice, right? You guys know these guys are playing music. While they're warming up, and yeah. and I do that, I'm like, what? Okay, <laughs> and so and and so we're so we 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 are the kids' minds today has to be stimulated, you know what I mean? To to get going and 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 you know, to me, it's good at the moment, but at the <laughs> same time, it's actually weakening weakening these athletes for when the game is over. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, man, I'm just it's, it's just it's, it's it's so much it's so different now. Well, so, so when you go back to Georgia, what do you make of the NIL right now? Oh my goodness, school? don't get me started on that, man. Uh, <laughs> it's well, how much how much money would you make today? Because you would have been how much money would I make today? 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You'd be all over YouTube with your runs. I mean, there's times okay, okay. I tell you what. I tell you what. Is let let let. Here's the scenario. Let's kick the ballistics. All right. Let's just say NIL was in 1989. Okay. <laughs> Tim Worley, Barry Sanders, and all us. We coming out. Prime time. Everybody. We we all in the same draft. We coming out. I don't think we would have came out because we would have had to take a pay cut leaving college. <laughs> Right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? We would have had to take yeah. a pay cut. And I do, I, I, I can say, I must say, if I was playing the game today with what I had back then, by the time I left, I probably would have made probably, I don't know, 15, 20 million. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But listen, guys, here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. And 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 I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit. I can't give it all to you, okay? <laughs> but here here's my whole thing with the N, the NIL. Number one, I don't have a problem with 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 college athletes getting getting some funds, get, getting because NCAA, you know, they held back on us. You know, we we oh, yeah. we back in the day, we got 46, 46 bucks every three months or something like that for laundry, okay? And if, wow. and if and if you got a slice of pizza from an alumni, you got penalized. You know what I mean? So so yeah. whatever whatever went down, folk had to do it under the table. We can talk about it now because it's out in the open now. Folk had to do it under the table, right? But here's my take on the NIL, man. I'm all for these kids getting paid, but we've opened up a door that we can't shut now. Yeah, and it's reckless. Out of yeah, it's definitely. out of control. Yep. And basically, college sports, and I'm just going to say college football because that's that sport that generates the most income. Okay. College football is no more. Okay. The yeah. college football that we know is no more. All right. Because now you can buy your team. Okay. Right. Yeah. And now, my question to you guys is. What are we teaching these young athletes? What are we teaching these kids? Yeah. We're, we're they already don't know how to process loss. They don't know how to process yeah. defeat. So now we're teaching them: if your toe hurt, you don't feel good, you feel like trading, getting in the transfer portal, do do that. Somebody offer you yeah. fifty more thousand dollars than what? Do that. Yeah. And so we're teaching them to run away from competition, and we're teaching them to run away from adversity instead of facing it. Yeah. Precisely. Have you guys yeah. ever thought about it that way? Okay? Yeah, absolutely. And so and so yeah. I I want me personally, I want to get with some guys, you know, like some of the guys we mentioned tonight that I put guys that I know and build an alliance, be an alliance for these young athletes to teach them. Look, man, listen, don't stop. Don't get away from basic fundamentals just because you got it easy like this. Right. And, I, and I got to look at I, listen, I got to look at what were you guys thinking when y'all were 17, 18 years old? There you go. You see how solid y'all are? There you go. Okay. When I was 17, 18 years old, I had pleasure on my mind. I had girls and I had kicking it. I had John Van Damme kicking it. Okay. On my mind. And so if you would have put a million dollars in my checking account back in 1985, when I was 18 years old, you guys would be coming to visit my grave. Yeah. 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 Think about it, man. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to take anything from the kids. I want them. They should get paid. There's so much money generated in college sports. They should get paid. But there needs to be some parameters put on it. Yeah. Right. 
give them money weekly and, and, and put something in a trust fund so when they graduate, okay, here's 350, here's a, here's a half a million dollars, get your life started. Yeah. yeah. But when you get the money up front, these kids are going to hurt themselves, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're going to teach them responsibility too yeah. if they pause yep. and wait, you know? Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's a great point. Go ahead, well, Trace. Or Bill. No, go ahead, Trace. No, I was, I was going to say, too, you know, like, even for a coach, I, I think, like, you know, it, it's got to be hard on these coaches. You know, I know they said, you know, Nick Saban was done, you know, he, but, I, I you know, I really believe, you know, he was like, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of this, you know. And, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, well, he's went through a lot of changes, you know, for as long as he coached. Yeah, but nothing like this. I mean. Yeah, and the, the, the key one is look at Chip Kelly. Left UCLA as a head coach, so he didn't have to worry about it. Goes to Ohio State to be offensive coordinator. Doesn't have to worry about managing NIL or anything. That's right. on that's on day. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the real telling one right there. Gave well, up the head coaching position in UCLA. Right. Yep. Well, Nick Nick now speaking of Nick Saban, Nick Saban realized he he has no more power now. Because oh, yeah. there was there was a time before NIL hit, there was a time where he would basically look, you remaining at this school, you're not gonna get traded. Okay, right. you're gonna remain, we're gonna win national championships. And what he said went. Now you can't do that. Can't do that, right? You, know, you I, can't do that. And so that's when Bama started to deteriorate. When when he yeah. realized they couldn't keep those guys there. Okay. And so Nick Nick Saban, legendary, you know, he got out of the game just in time. He did what yep. he he established, he accomplished, he would never be forgotten. The man is one would be considered one of the best college coaches ever, if the if the best ever. But now he's getting out while he can because he know he has no more control of it. Okay, and and basically, uh, it's become a money machine. Yeah, it's become a money machine, man, and 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 uh, that's too bad, man. It really is because and, and, you know yeah, you said earlier that you you were taught how to be a man by your college coach. I'm sure he yep. was a disciplinarian, taught you life lessons. You can't yep. do that because he'll just leave. He'll walk yep. out. Yep, I learned so much in college, guys. Um, um, I learned, I uh, established some, some best friendships, guys that I consider best friends, you know, good friends that I still communicate with. Uh, I learned discipline. I learned a lot of things that I still use this day in my life. I learned it in college. You know what I mean? And now it's pretty yeah. much, you know, um, that camaraderie is not there anymore because it's all business now. It's like, well, well I mean, if you ain't got no money, you know, uh, no, you can't hang out with me, you know? Right. So it's, it's it's sad that it's happening that way, but this is the world we live in today, fellas. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. it's out of hand. It? I agree. It's out of hand. It's, yep. you know, so. So with the amount of money we have going on, I got to ask one loaded question, Mr. Worley. Do we have our starting quarterback on the current roster or does Kenny Pickett pull through and start performing better? I think Pickett's going to pull through and start performing better. I think uh, I think the hearsay and the thought of bringing Justin Fields in, I think it probably encouraged him a little bit. You know what I mean? But I, I, uh, I I'm still big on Kenny Pickett. Um, he he impressed me as a as a college quarterback. Um, he's got a heck of an arm. I watched him in training camp before you know this this past year. And he's very accurate. He can move. And he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. But I would not, I would not quit on him yet. 
Not yet. I think if he remains healthy, I believe that uh, he will be that guy, that quarterback that the Steelers really need, you know. And uh, and we can if, if, if Najee's going to be around, if we can get some consistency out of him, uh, I think Najee needs to uh, – I talked to Najee in 2022. You know, he's a – I think he's a good kid. But Najee needs to be – Back at 225 and not 240 back there trying to run the ball. Let's say that again a little louder. I said that earlier. We've been yeah. saying that the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I mean, the kid, the kid got tremendous thighs. I was standing there talking yeah. to him. You know, we you know, we I'm, we about the same height. I made I may edge him a little bit, but the kid is huge, huge thighs. Mm -hmm. And I was looking at him in training camp, man, and I'm like, good gracious, I ain't say nothing to him, but I was like, dude, what are you 250? You know, if Najee can get back down between 220 and 225, he would be a Pro Bowl player. I that's agree. What, that's what we said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and do, I, do you think they call the right plays for him? Because we, yeah, we, we do the after I, I, always I don't say, think they call the right plays. Yeah, I always say, why are we, we running him up the middle more? Why is he running sideline to sideline? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't toss you know. That, that's not his game. His game's right up the middle. That's what yeah, because he, he's, he's, not, he's not like blazing fast, you know. Right. Um, yeah. he, he's a Najee, he will, he will shake you. He will shake you out of your shoes, but he's a power runner. The kid is strong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's at, and his balance is out of this world, but he needs to run. They need to run him off tackle off guard, more up the middle, man. And, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah. we, I've been saying this all year, uh, Tim, I've that's been what saying we do yeah, all we, year. I mean, yeah. I, I, every game it's like, why isn't he running up the middle? Why is he running? Why is he running? Yeah. Sideline, sideline? You know, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they I have, get a they hold of him and just say, I get, I get a hold of him and just say, Najee, go ahead, go ahead and get out of 225, man. Like he was at Bama, <laughs> man. And watch this thing turn around. Yeah. So, so who's, who's on your Mount Rushmore of running backs? If you, if you Mount Rushmore? Four. Like back in the day? Yeah. We had and, any, we, any area you want. We got John okay. here chiming in. So he's actually uh, – he's a big Chicago Bears fan. I, I talked to John today because I remember him in, on the Bears. So Okay. He gave you a shout-out. So All right. Tell him I said hello. My favorite guys, man, um, that I that I looked at, I really paid attention to. There's so many guys. I, I, could, I can name a bunch of guys, but my favorite, of course, got to be Sweetness, man. Um, yeah, Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson. Um, um, I would, dude. I was even Gail Sayers, man. Oh, I would yeah, love man. Gail Sayers, so, man. Yeah, funny. Of course, Jim Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. um, who else? Uh, let me see. Earl Campbell loved him. Uh, yeah. I was a huge Billy Sims fan. Uh, um, yeah, Billy Sims at Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, and uh, let me see. Uh, you know, Franco did his thing. Franco was just. Franco was the, uh, you know what I love about Franco? God rest his soul. He was consistent, man. Yeah. Franco, Franco had what I call football speed, dude. He he wasn't that fast, but he knew how to get on a straight line because he knew that was the fastest to where he was trying to go. Straight line. And uh uh, but he was very consistent. Um let me see. Uh he knew Barry how to get out of bounds too. He knew uh, Franco knew how to win. Yeah, he knew how to run out of bounds. Of yeah. course, Barry Sanders, man. You know yeah. that's that ain't, that ain't no Barry <laughs> Sanders, brother. <laughs> listen, listen. My claim to fame with him was listen. Let me tell you guys a story. I got so many stories, man. My claim to fame with him was 
you know, after after the uh, after the uh, the twenty eight teams came to work me out, right? Um, my workout day—that's what they call it, whatever, right? Yeah. And um, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, San Diego Chargers, the Steelers, and I think the Falcons—they wanted to talk to me, you know, after everything was over, right? So the Detroit Lions had the first first shot at me, right? And they said, "Look," they said, "Tim." We run the run and shoot, right? So we're looking at Barry Sanders. And I said, okay. And I'm saying to myself, why are you guys telling me this? And I said, <laughs> he said, but if he he hasn't decided, he hasn't declared himself eligible for the draft yet. And I said, uh, they said, if he doesn't come out, we're going to take you with the number three pick. Guys, don't you know I said to myself, no, you ain't. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I said, no, you ain't, man. Go ahead on with that. You know what I but yeah. but no, I would have went. I'm just kidding. But yeah. that's what they said. So and, but Barry, man, Barry, uh, my thing with him is uh, you know, we were we were those two guys. We were the first two running backs chosen that year. Yeah, yeah. And were. uh just a just a super duper not only uh running back, but just a guy. Barry's a great guy. A lot of people say he's five. Barry's five seven, man. He wasn't five nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he had yeah, thunder yeah. thighs, dude. Oh my god, dude. big old thighs. The guy was just incredible, man. Yeah. And um, but when you think about guys, you think about the draft <clears throat> that I came in. You know, you had you had Troy Aikman, yep. Tony Mandrix, yeah. Barry Sanders, Derek, Derek Thomas. Thomas. Yep. Uh, uh, Deion, Deion Sanders, Prime Time, yeah, yeah. Roger Thomas. Yeah. You had me. Yeah. You had Sammy Smith, Donald Wolf, and Andre Rides and Eric Metcalf. I'm like, come on, Bert, man. Bert Grossman, I think too, right? Bert Grossman, yeah. yeah Bert, Bert, Bert talked jump back yeah. in the day, and you know what I mean. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy I wanna, Smith wasn't there. Uh, Eric Hill too, I think was in. There. Eric Hill. You had uh, Andy Heck. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Hartley Dykes, yeah. man, you had, they, they said it Cleveland was the best Gary draft out of Miami too. Who's that? Cleveland Gary out of Miami too. Cleveland right Gary. You're right. Yeah. Did you guys know Cleveland started out at UGA? Did he really? Cleveland Gary when, okay. Cleveland Gary was a sophomore when I became, when I came to UGA and me and me and a guy named Keith Henderson. He was the uh, – in high school, I was the number three tailback in the nation. Sammy Smith was number two. I think Aaron Emanuel was number one. And there was a cat from out of uh, 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 Aliquippa. I forgot the running back's name. Him and Aaron Emanuel was tied for number one. What was his name? He went to Pitt, but he got hurt. His name was Brian something. Brian uh, – Oh, I know you're talking about, too. It's on, yeah, I knew, I knew you were talking about. Yeah, he but he ended up going to pit and he got hurt. But he him and him and him and Aaron Emanuel was number one. Uh Sammy Smith was number two. I was number three. Keith Henderson was number four. And and um but yeah, Keith uh Keith and I man, that just that just that just left me. <laughs> Excuse me. I was on the point that just left me. But uh, go ahead. I thought you guys said that. No. Oh no, okay. But but yeah, Keith and I, man, and uh, he came out as a junior, a red shirt junior, because we came in together, and uh, uh, 
he got drafted in the third round as a fullback. You know what I mean? Wow. He was a fullback, but he was that guy. He he was selfless, man. He made sacrifices because he was that tailback. But because of my speed that I had, you know, uh, they converted him to fullback. And I know he he had a hard time with it, but he ended up doing it. And so I'm I'm, yeah. I'm forever grateful for Keith, man, Keith Henderson. Uh, Cleveland Gary. We were talking Cleveland Gary, and he, he transferred from UGA. Okay, and that's yeah. why Cleveland transferred. When Keith, Keith Henderson and I came in, Cleveland, after the first week of practice, he transferred. Because wow. he didn't think he was going to get any playing time. Wow. Okay, because it was that's, me. That's incredible Check this out, guys. It was me, Keith Henderson, Cleveland Gary, Lars Tate, um, David McCluskey, Tron Jackson. Now, you know uh, – Lars Tate was a second-round pick. Cleveland Gary was a first-round pick. I'm a first-round pick. Henderson, a third-round pick. And uh, wow. so that was our backfield in 1985. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know Lars Tate passed away. No. no I didn't know that. Yeah, he passed away in 2022 when I was at training camp. Hmm. Oh, geez. And then what, in Georgia, too, you had Rodney Hampton on your team for a while, right? Yeah, we um, – when I came back um, – Hamp came in as a freshman in 87. Okay. That's the year that I set out. Right. And uh, I came back 88. It was me, Hampton, Henderson, and Alfonso Ellis. Yeah. I remember uh, Alfonso Ellis. We I were leading the nation in Russian for the first four games. Wow. I got to ask you this. I know, wasn't Bill Goldberg, the, the wrestler, wasn't he on that for a while? <laughs> Yeah, Bill came in with us, man. We were me, Bill, Keith Henderson, and a guy named Eric Johnson. We were the four or five stars that came in. Okay, I thought so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Who's next? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you listen. Probably one of the coolest, nicest cats you ever want to meet. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's Goldberg. I, I always knew he would do something like that, though. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, funny because they said he uh, he never intended to go to wrestling. He he was working out at the WCW power plant down in Atlanta, and he was just and they're like, "Hey, you, you want to go in the ring and try wrestling?" He's like, "Nah," you know. And they kept bugging him about it. Like, man, you look like a wrestler. Yeah. Well, you know, he played uh, he played a few years with the Falcons and a few right. years with the Rams. With the Rams, yeah, I think he was drafted by the Rams. If I yeah. remember, yeah, yeah. I, well, both his brothers played played for uh, I think one of his brothers plays for the Raiders. And his other brother played for the Dolphins. Yeah. And he spent some time, I think, in the CFL, if I remember correctly, too. I yeah. He was Bill Bill is uh he was an amazing cat. He was he was uh he is, I mean he's talking about was. Yeah. He he um he was a daredevil, man. Really? You know? <laughs> I have I have a story with him. I call it my Dukes of Hazard story. <laughs> oh my goodness. dude, I'm serious, man. We we <laughs> Bill drove a black 5.0 Cobra Mustang uh, T-top back back in 85, right? He was from Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. And uh, we went fishing, man. We went bass fishing on a little private pond and caught a bunch of fish, put them back. But on the way back, you know, we were on the country roads in, in Athens, right? Yeah. And we went down this, this service road, and it kind of declined down, and then it came back up. He floored it, dude, when it was coming back up. And we went airborne over stops. 
Oh hey, man. And we landed and he stopped. And I got out of the car and I walked all the way back. <laughs> I am not getting back in that car with you. And let, no. me, guess, let me guess, midair, he hit the Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> what was the vehicle that they were in in Cannonball Run that Bradshaw was in? Was that a T top black vehicle of some kind? Bradshaw. Uh, I think Bradshaw it, was in a in Cannonball Run. He was in Cannonball Run. Yeah, Terry yeah, Bradshaw. Yeah. Yes. I don't I'm trying to remember what he was in. I'm trying to remember too. I, my memory's not so good as well. Oh, you know, the only car I remember is Jackie Chan's car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They had a little space machine. Oh yeah. That was crazy. I always like the van with that doctor. You know, the, the, the one that was drinking all oh, the yeah. stuff. The one with the cross eyes. He <laughs> was like yeah. Captain America, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm trying to find it. I don't know if I'll find it. Yeah. He, he, this is how he sounded. He'd be like, mm -hmm, you think I can get you? But, well, i tell you what. Uh, it was, it's was. it been awesome. I, I really appreciate awesome. coming on the show. Uh it's been an honor. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Really, like I said, uh, you're—I uh, remember watching you, and you know, I was, you know, very much uh, a fan of yours back in the day. And uh, hey, maybe you know, if you're interested, we'll have you back on, uh, you know, to, you know, at some point in time. But uh, of course, yeah. of course, man, I'd love awesome. to come back on. So, I got some, yeah. I got some things coming up shortly, guys. I can't talk about it too much right now. But I, I got some stuff coming up. It's, it's going to be very exciting. You guys will love it. Okay. And uh, we're going to get started on it in shortly, in a few weeks. So you'll be hearing from me. But I would love, anytime you guys want me to come on, um, just give me a holler, you know, through Facebook, and, and we'll go from there. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, uh, it, it's, it's an honor, Mr. Worley, and uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, we've got a lot of comments, got a lot of viewers, uh, greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it tonight and, uh, yeah, we will talk to you next week. So, okay, my man. All right, guys. Thanks, thanks. so much for joining us and until next time, let's talk sports fans. Thanks for watching.